It, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. And it is so good to have you here on the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We're an iHeart. Tune in. WorldwideSportsRadio.com. You know where to reach us. I'm Mike Guido. He's Evan Mazza, my producer, our Big J journalist, Matt Catarizzolo, Vinny Mutone joining us. Vinny, it's good to have you back. It's good to be back. Look at you. Hello. All handsome and everything. Oh, my goodness. I like that. What is that Stop shirt? That. Like, what is that, like... Uh, Stony Brook. Oh, is it a Stony yes, Brook yeah, thing? Yes, Stony Brook University. I like that. I, like I, don't that. Why, I when might I, have to cop that. Shout you know, out Seawolves. When, when I first saw that, that is a nice shirt, but when I first saw that shirt, I was like one of those Harry Potter shirts. Oh, like really? Gryffindor. <laughs> like, it looked, it looked oh, like yeah, a Gryffindor yeah, kind uh, of thing, but yeah, Stony Brook. Yeah, it's no, nice. it's my uh, go-to golf shirt. You know, nice shirt. I'll tell you something about that. It's it's actually pretty forward. Before Harry we, Potter? Before we get into anything, yeah. So, like, Harry Potter, the people that... Um, Harry Potter, it, it, they came up with, like, a game on your phone, right? And That's it's right. Like, it's it's like Pokemon like, Go? It's kind of like Pokemon Go. Right. Now, I my fiancé and I both play it, and there, uh, sometimes I just have days where I'm just, like, obsessed with it. I walk around, what are you and doing? I just find stuff. It's just I don't know. Whatever. So you doing like all? You just doing like magic tricks and what? You doing like no? The, it isn't. No, like, it's not like that. Where you just you catch stuff and oh. you put it on pages or whatever. Oh, okay. You know, I just like collecting stuff. I'm a big collector. So there you go. All right. Um, look, plenty to talk about today. Uh, you know, NFL running backs. I think really need to get the message of, um, you know, you're not worth what you're asking to get paid. You know, and, and I think that there needs to be a Kind of an enlightening period for uh, for running backs. Uh, that's coming up in a little bit. Uh, I do want to do this. Um, I think there are CBS ranked their top 100 players in the NFL. Um, and I agree with some of it. I disagree with some of it. Uh, so I'm going to rank my top 10 players in the NFL. That's coming up at the show's end. Uh, but I want to start with this. And I want you to give this, if you're driving or if you're just listening, I want you to give this some real thought. There is a difference between load management and conservation. Okay? I like load management. I like load management, right? And we're talking in the NBA in this case because that's really where this comes from. The NBA is the is the primary source of load management. I like it. I do. Right? Yeah, it's an 82 game season. You've got Kawhi Leonard, you've got LeBron James. Let's let's take LeBron for example. Let's take the Lakers. Okay? If LeBron decides, "All right, look, to conserve my body, to save my body, I'm going to load manage myself and I'm only going to play 65 games this year." I'm going to play 65 games in the regular season so I can stay healthy. And then I'm going to go ham in the playoffs. I, I like load management. Now, conservation is a different thing. Now, conservation, let's take a guy like Zion Williamson. Conservation is a guy, is Zion plays nine or 10 minutes in the summer league, he gets hurt. He never should have played in the summer league anyway. Why is that exactly? Here's where I draw the separation. 
Load management is for teams that are playoff bound that are trying to save their star players' health for the playoffs, right? You are not conserving them. You're not letting them play half the year, but you'll play them 75 80% of the year and have them on full go during the playoffs. That's fine. That I get. Now think about this. If you're a team like the New Orleans Pelicans who have a ton of young talent, you've got Zion, you've got Lonzo Ball, you've got Brandon Ingram, you've got Drew Holiday, Jackson Hayes who is a superstar in the Summer League, Nikhil Alexander-Walker who just dropped 34 points. You've got a ton of young players. You're not playoff bound, but you're heading in a good direction. But what you're going to do is you're going to conserve Zion anyway. Uh, He's only going to play 60-65 games. Okay? We just saw it not too long ago. Coach K says, look, Zion is not physically ready. He shouldn't have been playing in in the summer league anyway. He's been doing all the award shows. He's been traveling the country. He's been doing all this stuff. And nine, ten minutes into his first summer league game, he gets hurt a little bit. Okay. First thing I want to sh- I, I want to enlighten people on is with this whole Zion thing. It was a very minor injury. It was a knee bruise. Yeah, that's all it was. He probably could have came back, but they held him back. And look, I don't mind if you if you throw him out there and you say, okay, he got hurt. That's, we took our chance. We're, we're not throwing him back out there. Here's my thing. For the people that really believe, hey, he shouldn't have played Summer League at all. He shouldn't have played Summer League at all. In what sense does that make? So, so you want to conserve Zion so much that his first lick of NBA basketball is in his first game of his rookie season in front of 20,000 people in a loaded arena against full-grown, polished NBA players. That's what you want Zion's first NBA game to be like. You know, summer league and preseason and all of these things exist for a reason. Summer League wouldn't exist if it weren't for, we want to give young players a taste of what the NBA is going to be like. They get coached by NBA coaches. They play against other NBA players. Look, and and for people that think that this is, it, oh, it's only the young guys that only play in Summer League. It's like they're playing college again. It Okay, it isn't really. Guys, Thomas Robinson played Summer League this year. The guy got drafted in 2012. These are all guys that are trying to prove themselves. These are not just rookies from college. These are guys that are coming over from overseas. 28, 29-year-old players that are trying to earn spots on NBA rosters. They're playing against full-grown men. These are not. They're not playing against other 18-year-olds. They're playing against 28-year-olds. Okay, look, I'm a 22-year-old guy. I am physically different than I was when I was 18. It makes a difference. You don't want Zion Williamson's first game to come against 28-year-old guys. 
And when I mean 28-year-old guys, not only 28-year-old guys, but 28-year-old NBA veterans that average 15, 20 points a game. Guys, you want Zion Williamson to play, okay? Charles Barkley said it a long time ago. When Zion first got hurt in college, and people were saying, oh, hey, don't look, train for the NBA, don't come back. Charles Barkley, like, what do you expect him to do? We're basketball players. We play basketball. That's what we do. That's what they pay us to do. What are you you talking about? We shouldn't come back. Steph Curry was asked by The Athletic to if he would do load management. Uh, he said, no. We said we have a great opportunity to build something special with some hungry guys looking to prove themselves. Right. There, are so many narrative pe- there are so many narratives people can throw at us, but at the end of the day, I've never been the type to show up without, with any other mindset than to do what you do. Hoop. We've got championship DNA. We know that. We've got our core. When Clay gets back, it's going to be an interesting year for sure, all the way around. It's going to be challenging to really find the momentum early. But with the new arena, losing the finals this summer is a different vibe. Keeps you locked in. Right. So... And and some players do it and some players don't. Like, we just saw it, right, uh, this past weekend when Anthony Davis held his press conference with the Lakers. He was asked he was asked by a reporter, do you think that you're going to load manage? Do you, like, how do you, how do you feel about that whole thing and how do you think it applies to you? And Anthony Davis said, hey, look, I'm 26 years old, I'm going to play. Some players do, some players don't. But I guarantee you that Anthony Davis is only going to play 65 games this year. That's the new wave. The Lakers are going to try and rest him as much as they possibly can. But that's because they're going somewhere. They are load managing their stars to bring them back when it matters most. Notice how I said when it matters most, not when it matters. Because it all matters. Zion Williamson, the Pelicans, if they were to load manage, quote-unquote load manage Zion Williamson, they would be conserving him. They wouldn't be load managing him. They would be, listen, we're not making the playoffs anyway this year. We might as well just limit him. The Pelicans, Guys, how do you expect them to get better? The Pelicans could be one of those teams in the NBA who surprise a lot of people. And I think they. I think that's kind of the expectation in Wallens. Surprising, su- being kind of a surprise yeah, team in the NBA. And being they're going to surprise Kind of being like the Brooklyn Nets of this year. Of this they person. won't be. It, it, look. I, I could see it happening. The Pelicans are good, but they're not playoff good. Like, they, they are. Zion Williamson right now is their best player. Right? Like, the, Zion and Drew Holiday are, are, those, are their two best players. They're not making the playoffs in the West, right? I think you could pencil in already seven playoff spots in the Western Conference, right? Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, Jazz, Rockets, Warriors, and Portland Trailblazers. Like, those teams are making the playoffs. So you've got one spot, and one of the, that spot is, it, in my opinion, just because they never miss the playoffs, is going to probably go to the San Antonio Spurs, Right, they are probably going to be the eighth team in the playoffs. The Pelicans cannot get there. Can they finish tenth, eleventh, maybe even ninth? Yeah, but they're not. They're not making the playoffs, and they know they're not making the playoffs. Okay, David Griffin and Trajan Langdon and 
uh, Gail Benson and whoever else, Alvin Gentry, can tell you all they want that, hey, look, we're making a playoff push this year. No, you're not. You're building so you can make playoff pushes in a year or two. But you're not there yet, and you know it. And that's okay. But if they're like, say, I don't know, maybe two or three games back of the eighth seed with two weeks to go in the season, um, wouldn't you want to try to you want to try to play Zion more? And that's where... And maybe they will. But oh, that's my thing is if, if, if they are close to a playoff push, then yes, they're going to play Zion. If they're not and they don't play Zion... I think it. I think it leads to their detriment. It stints Zion Williams's growth. And, and again, like I said, there is definitely a difference between load managing a player and then conserving a player. It is a real difference. Like I said, Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and whoever else, Kevin Durant. If you want to load manage those guys, 65, 70 games a year, you want to, you know. Rest them on a couple of road trips or something like that. Uh, okay. Uh, look, I can deal, right? Kawhi Leonard rested for 20 games this year, and the Raptors won the title. It works. Kawhi was rested and at playing at his highest level when it came to the postseason. But Durant's definitely going to be a little match, I think, next year with year one off the Achilles. Yeah, He's I'm certain, gonna, I'm certain he will year. be. It, and I think there's a difference between coming off an injury, too. Sure, but I can agree with that. I like load management. Conserving a player will come around and bite you. It isn't going to work. All right. Coming up next, the fight for how much running backs should make in the NFL is a fight that the players just simply cannot win. I'll tell you why next. Hey, Stack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you in. So word is around the NBA that um, there is absolutely no market for Chris Paul. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are in trouble. <laughs> they they took on that contract to get rid of Westbrook, and uh, they might be stuck with him. I'm, I'm not kidding. If if there isn't a, and some people might disagree with me, and I'm only going to spend a minute on this. If Chris Paul, sorry, sorry, Mike, but like every time I take a drink of water, I got like hawks. Yeah, I know they, like, they stare at you. It's so but, obviously it's just right in my ear. Every. <laughs> You know, the more I hear about Chris Paul, and I know some people are going to disagree with me, that he just doesn't have a market. There's nobody that's going to take him on unless the Thunder throw in some draft picks and, you know, do whatever. I I mean, I, I honestly have a feeling that Chris Paul could be there the whole year. I'm not kidding. Well, I think, I think- Chris Paul could be in Oklahoma City just stuck there for the whole season. I think it won't just be year. for the offseason. I think he could start the season there, and I honestly think he could finish the season there if nobody wants his contract. I think you're looking at at least half. If again, he's got to he's got to play. He's got to play. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to play. If he plays well, 
he becomes he becomes yeah, someone. It depends that on how could, well he plays, though. It, like if he if he's a well, if well he's who he is, like if he's an eighteen and an eight guy, then I still don't think that people are going to fork up. All right, we'll sacrifice, you know, forty million dollars to, you know, take him on. I, and again, I, there aren't too many competing teams that need point guards. There really aren't. Like that, you look at the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers, I don't even think they could trade anything they can't take on the contract anyway um and it's not like they have the assets to do it anyway they threw you know they threw all the assets over to anthony davis um i don't think the clippers are going to need a point guard they got beverly right they just gave 40 million dollars to beverly uh, they're you're running out of teams right bucks got bledsoe the celtics have kemba walker the brooklyn's got kyrie like toronto's got kyle lowry like you're running out of spots Philadelphia's got Ben Simmons. Now, I, look, I love that trade idea, right? I love that trade idea. I didn't come up with it, but that trade idea of Chris Paul and, you know, maybe Shea Gilgis-Alexander in a draft pick or something like that for Ben Simmons, that is that is something. That's something. But chances of that happening, now that Ben Simmons also just got an extension, um, I doubt that that happens. So, okay. So we're talking about NFL running backs. This is a... Um, a very interesting thing because I feel like at least for the past couple of years, we've had this issue, right? Last year we had it with Le'Veon Bell. This year it looks like we're having it with Melvin Gordon and then maybe Ezekiel Elliott. Um, here's the funny thing about this. Um, and especially in Ezekiel Elliott's case, Ezekiel Elliott has two years left on his contract. He has this year and then he's got the fifth year option. Guys, he <laughs> Zeke has no ground to stand on. He's under contract for two more years. You want to have this conversation next year? Yeah. Don't, don't have it now. The guy's got no leverage right now. Um, but let's say this. So we already know that Melvin Gordon is going to hold out for a new contract, and we think that Zeke is going to quietly hold out for his. And I, and I think that um, from what I've seen, I think Zeke is handling this a little bit uh, I wouldn't say better, but I, I think he's the things that he's making public makes him look better. He's like, look, I'm I want to get this deal done because I don't want to miss too much of training camp. I want to be there. Um, Charles Robinson of Yahoo.com <clears throat> report wrote, wrote, wrote in his article that while Elliott hasn't made a decision on whether to skip Cowboys camp yet, uh, the yeah, running back I, definitely wants an extent. He definitely wants an extension in the works. There's if the Cowboys aren't proactive about a deal. Uh, I, he says, I think this could go sideways fast. It hasn't yet. This will be an important week. Now, training camp is next week, I think. Training camp is coming up like 10, 9 days away. So I'm sure the Cowboys want to get this thing done by at least the start of training camp. Now, not to say it can't happen during training camp. We've all seen contracts happen during training camp But they've camp got before. to pay a lot of guys. Like, oh, like, Jerry the Cowboys Jones, got Jerry to pay Jones has Zeke. They've got to pay Dak. Dak they've got to pay Amari Cooper. Cooper. They've got to pay Jalen Smith. They have to pay Byron Jones. They, they've got to pay. And these are all pro bowlers. Like, these are all guys that they've got to pay. Um, Jerry's got his hands full. Yeah, but I think there's going to be some. They're going to be able to afford all of them. I, I really do. If not, they're going to let one go, and it, it'll probably end up being Byron Jones or something around that nature. But I think they're going to be able to bring most of their guys back. Anyway, um, running backs, I think, are the hardest players in the NFL to deal with, right? Because not only the, like they. They are important to winning football games, 
But from a financial standpoint, it doesn't make any sense just because there are so many guys that can do your job, right? We see it time and time and time and time again, right? Running backs replace other running backs, and that team doesn't miss a beat. It happens every year, right? James Conner replaces Le'Veon Bell, right? Um, uh, this year, Tariq Cohen is replacing Jordan Howard, Right, it's even, just boy. Even even that one, I'm not sure about because the Bears actually drafted a running back in the third or fourth round. David Montgomery. David right. Montgomery. So but that's my. I think with I think with Cohen, more so with Cohen was the fact that I think he fit Matt Nagy's system better. But Jordan Howard, my but Jordan just, Howard wanted money, and the Bears were just like, well, he was look, also. We're, we're not gonna we're not gonna fork over money for you because first of all, you're not worth it, and second of all, we can get another third round pick to do your job. Jordan Howard's a good running back, very good running back. And, but the Jordan Howard thing was also the sense that Nagy, I think Nagy felt Cohen fit his system better than Howard did. Howard did lose carries. It might hurt them, the Bears, because Howard kind of fits what they want as a in Chicago hard nose as a two down back, two, yeah. hard nose physical kind of back in Chicago. You're going into Green Bay, mm-hmm. Minnesota. Well, Minnesota's closed, close. You know, they're at a. Uh, don't not really don't stand by tractable roof stadium now, but right. still he kind of fits he kind of fits the elements of where the Bears are and and playing in Chicago probably mm-hmm. more so than Tariq Cohen does. So um, look, here's here's my thing. That was a good get for Philly. Here's my get. Here's my thing for for NFL running backs. Here's my message. If you look, let's take Major League Baseball for a second. Major League Baseball players in free agency, they don't really do this during the regular season, but in free agency, they kind of sit back, they're patient, and they wait for long-term contracts, right? They wait for eight, nine-year deals. You know, obviously depends on the player. So, like, Patrick Corbin got six years. Okay, Bryce Harper, I'm sure, could have signed a five-, six-year contract right away. But he held out for 10-plus years, ended up getting a 13-year deal, right? Manny Machado held out for 10 years. You know, Alex Rodriguez held out for 10 years. It's just that Major League Baseball does that. But major the majority of Major League Baseball teams are really reluctant to give out big uh, long-term contracts for a lot of money because... They don't want it to impact them in the next decade. They don't want that. They don't want another bad contract on their books, right? The Yankees have no problem giving Aaron Hicks seventy million dollars over seven year over seven years, and Aaron Judge because it's only ten too. million dollars a year. And Aaron Judge is going to get paid too. Aaron Judge is going to get paid. But here's my thing: Sevy got paid too. But and but Severino is just like Aaron Hicks. Severino only got four years, forty. Severino's only getting paid forty uh ten million dollars a year. Right? Aaron Hicks is only getting paid ten million dollars a year. It's in baseball, if you sign your you can get your years if you sign for the considerable dollar amount, right? In the NFL, it's a little bit different because you've got a different a whole number of different positions that do a bunch of different things. But I always say this. When it comes to NFL players and when you pay NFL players, there are three positions that you pay that will automatically, no matter how much you pay, it'll be worth it, right? Quarterback, offensive line, and pass rushers. Those three positions right there, no matter what you pay, right? That's why you can give Von Miller $150 million, right? That's why you can give, uh, that's why you can give, 
guys like Zach Martin and Tyron Smith a hundred plus million dollars, right? That's why Matt Ryan gets paid $34 million a year. It just quarterbacks, offensive linemen, and pass rushers are the only positions that you can pay for or even overpay, and they'll still be worth their contract. Running backs, they're going to keep holding out for these long-term deals. They're going to keep holding out for these long-term deals. And look, they're going to get four or five-year contracts. But the next thing that we keep hearing, right, is, all right, I want to be the next, I want to be the highest paid running back in the league. Okay, I, but then now, once that guy gets paid, okay, now I want to be the highest paid running back in the league, right? Melvin Gordon, let's say this, let's say Melvin Gordon gets paid first, right? And this is just hypothetical, I don't think this is going to happen, but if Melvin Gordon gets paid $16 million a year, Zeke is going to want 18-20, right? Just because he's next. Okay, think about this. Teams are not going to fork over the money for running backs. And it isn't only just because I don't need a star running back to succeed. I don't need to fork over huge money. It isn't just because I can get a third-round pick to do your job. The reason I brought up Major League Baseball is because why do you think general managers are not giving 10-year contracts anymore? They're not giving out 10-year contracts because they've seen it too many times bite a team in the butt. You think Judge gets a 10-year contract? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I think he will. But but Judge might not get a 10-year contract because he's already like 28. So, but here's my uh, different conversation. Here's my thing. Running backs can hold out all they want. Think about what Todd Gurley got with the Rams. Todd Gurley got $15 million a year over four years. He got four years, 60. He's the highest paid running back in NFL history, right? Todd Gurley, talent-wise, is worth every penny of that contract. When healthy, Todd Gurley's the best running back in the league. But he's not healthy. But... The Rams, last year, brought in C.J. Anderson and ran. he ran for 175 yards against the one of the top five run defenses in the league in Dallas Cowboys in a playoff game. <coughs> Gurley did not, was not the bell cow for the Rams in the playoffs when they went to the Super Bowl. But the Super Bowl, everything got shut down. Their running game just completely got shut down. No, I scored, what, three points, I think, in that game? And what did the Rams do this year in the draft? They drafted Daryl Henderson in the first uh, in the third round, a running back. Guys, look, I'm not going to say this, okay? I'm not going to say that Todd Gurley is not worth his money because he's great. But you don't think the Rams are saying, man, what could we have done with $15 million a year? Guys, we don't know what Todd Gurley is going to be now. He's got that arthritic thing in his knee. We don't even know what it's going to be. We don't know if he's going to play six, eight, ten, whatever game. Every year it's a medical issue. You don't think that they're, man, what could we have done with $15 million if we didn't pay Todd Gurley? Front offices will always have the upper hand.
regardless of how many times the Players Association gets involved, right, front offices and the owners and the general managers will always have the upper hand. And the reason that that makes sense is because they recognize other general managers' mistakes. If one GM makes a mistake, does not mean that the rest of the NFL should. And that is where the ground of the running back of the NFL's case lays upon. Well, Gurley got $15 million. If you look at my numbers, they're comparable. We're virtually the same guy. Why shouldn't I get that? Well, because the Rams guy, I'm sure, is kicking himself in the rear end. Who's a better running back, truthfully, skill set-wise, Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell? Most people would say it's Le'Veon Bell, right? The guy can run for 1,500 yards and catch for 800. Nobody else in the league can do that except for maybe Barkley, right? And we don't even know because he's coming into his second year. Le'Veon Bell got $13 million a year. He didn't get Gurley money. Why? Because teams are smart. Part of the reason I think he got $13 million was because he held out and didn't play for a year. But I think another part of it is, first of all, his market was small anyway. The Ravens, the the Jets, um, the Raiders. Like, only some teams were willing to splurge on that kind of money for a running back. Not all these teams can do it. I guarantee you, and I know that one team is saying, oh, but Mike, one team said that if Melvin Gordon becomes available, they're guaranteeing that he'd become the highest paid running back in the league. That No, he won't. You know, you want to know why that team is saying that about Melvin Gordon? Because they want to be Melvin Gordon's first phone call. They want to be the first guys to have a shot. Hey, look, Melvin, now that we got you on the phone, here's what we're willing to do. And you're the first guy to have a stab at Melvin Gordon. I'm not saying a running back isn't worth 10, 11, 12 million a year. But what I'm saying is, is that if you're looking for 15 up to 20, your team that will pay you will end up regretting it in the long run. The running back market is smaller than than what the highest paid player makes. Okay? Third round draft picks can do your job. It is not it, it is not an assumption. That's an observation. It's happened. Okay? Ezekiel Elliott can say, look, I am this offense. Zeke, we agree. You are great. So here's $13 million a year. What are you talking about $13 million a year? Then Zeke hits the free agent market. And then, oh, I don't know who would be interested in him. Arizona would go ahead and say, Zeke, here's $12, $13 million. What? what? That's what the Cowboys said. Well, yeah, that's kind of what your market is. Melvin Gordon's going to do the same thing. Uh, hey, look, um, Denver... Or Oakland is interested in you. Ooh, that's great. I'm loving this. That 12, 13 million a year. What? Well, yeah, that's what your market is. It's not a surprise. The running back market and the running back pay fight is something the players can't win. They cannot win. The 
front offices will always have the upper hand, and running backs are going to quickly find out. General managers notice other GMs' mistakes. Just because Gurley got $15 million doesn't mean that he doesn't regret it. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get more. All right, let's go to the news. Vinny Mutone, Big J journalist, and Matt Catarazzolo, our other Big J journalist. What do you got, guys? Hi. Howdy. All right, so the Philadelphia 76ers and Ben Simmons have agreed to a five-year, $170 million max contract extension. So it kind of, you know, shoots that idea of the Chris Paul trade yeah. kind of in the foot that you were mentioning earlier. Uh, uh, was this the right move by Philadelphia? Uh, yeah. Uh, here's my thing with Ben Simmons is I think he's the safest guy that they could have paid, right? Like, I think that if we hear it all the time, right? Philadelphia at some point is going to have to make choices, and I think they did, and I think they chose the right guy. Ben Simmons is the guy to pay, right? You have Al Horford on big money. You've got Tobias Harris on incredibly high money, right? This, to me, spells Joel Embiid, his days in Philadelphia are more than likely numbered. I felt that way with when Horford came. Well, yeah, I, I figured with the Horford contract, that's a lot of clutter down in the paint. I don't know if they're going to be doing a lot of playing together. I have a feeling that Joel Embiid could be headed elsewhere. Maybe not this year, but when it comes the time to pay Joel Embiid again, it's now that they paid Simmons, they lock up their guy. Ben Simmons is their guy. So, I don't know. But I think it was the right move. He's And he's only, like, he's going to be 23 years old, right? If Ben Simmons, get, like, if he develops even a, a little bit of a jump shot, right, and he's got, ben Simmons is going to be a top ten player in this league, and he's got five years to do it. And at the end of these five years, he could be enter- he could be entering his prime. We don't even know. Oh, sure. Like the NBA player primes. And, and here's the thing: is uh, all these guys are willing to give up on young players because they're young. They and they think that they hit their ceiling at 22. Like your NBA players hit their physical and skill set prime at like 27. Like twenty seven between twenty seven and like thirty one, right? That's when your prime is. Ben Simmons is already he's going to be four years separated from his physical prime. People have to realize Ben Simmons is going to be really good, really good. So I think it, look, I think it's it's great, and I think we get confused because NBA players are asked to become stars as soon as they come into the league, right? You're a number one overall draft pick. You're expected to average 20 points a game when you're a 19-year-old. It, you might never become the ni- the 20-point uh, point per game 19-year-old, but eight years down the line when you're in your prime at 27, you could be averaging 30. I, I, ben Simmons is, I think, one of those guys. It, he looks a little iffy now just because he can't shoot. Trust me, four or five years from now, Ben Simmons is going to be top 10, top 8 player in the league. Alright, so uh, I kind of had this stuff written up. Um, I planned on talking about it with that guest I wanted to bring on, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not, so I'll talk about it now. I know I know, hockey is your favorite sport. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> I love hockey. Let's go. Um, so basically, the you know how SportsCenter, ESPN rather, they always do the, uh, whether it's like 
way too early power rankings or they'll do like off season yeah, grades sure. and they'll they'll grade these teams. Oh, so yeah. the, so the Rangers are always like 28, 29 or like 27. Always at the bottom they'll get like a D or a C. They'll, they're never good. So they finally got an A for something which is I like literally I've never seen that well, before. Well, they signed that big guy, right? Yes, yeah, so Panarin. Artemi Panarin, yeah. For uh, seven years, uh, 11.6 million uh, average. How crazy! Uh, is yeah, that? it's hockey money is so different. Yeah, uh, seven years, so 11.6 million is yeah. like a minor league deal. Yep. Yeah. Um, hockey money is very different. So it's just so exciting because the Rangers. Uh, so uh, the what was the date? Um, sometime in February. I don't remember the exact date. It might have been like the eighth or something, but. When the Rangers got that letter from James Dolan and uh, Jeff Gordon um, about the rebuild, and, and we're already coming out of it uh, in just one offseason, we have two top four defensemen. Uh, obviously, Artemi Panarin is going to be lined with uh, um, Mika. Yeah, yeah, and Capo. Yeah, yeah with either uh, Capo or uh, Buchnevich, depending on what happens with that. Um, and this, we went from not even having like the slightest reach at a playoff spot to a shot. how to now Henrik Lundqvist might actually win the cup in the last years of his tenure uh, in the NHL. Wouldn't that be something? It Wouldn't would that be something? actually be the greatest thing. You don't have to, to you don't have happen. to be a hockey fan to appreciate how cool that would be. Right? right. Yeah, yeah. Be great. it's just it's it's like um, you know Larry Fitzgerald like you just. With That's a really good comparison. That's yeah, a really good like comparison. Same going, thing. If we're staying in New York, someone like Strahan. Yeah. Final year of his final year of his Giants career won mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. Yeah, so you know we you know anything's possible. It's just it's so exciting. And also talking about the Rangers and all the progress they made, isn't it hysterical that uh, <laughs> James Dolan is doing so well in one market with the Rangers and so terrible in the other with the Knicks? Interesting. You know, yeah, that's so well. How is uh, he's is he that involved with the Rangers or is he I didn't just know. Like, yeah, I didn't know. And he's involved he's, enough. He's involved to make enough. a difference. Yeah, because um, we know we know how much he is involved with the Knicks. Yeah, but not how... not nearly as much as the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like nothing's going to get done without his name on it for the Rangers okay. too. So that, right. if that kind of helps, but it's definitely not as much as the Knicks. But it's pretty crazy that this guy has two teams and. One has such a bright. They both actually have pretty bright right, futures, yeah. but but they were both one of the, one of them yeah. is going to have a more immediate right. success at than the, the at other. At the yeah. same at the same time, uh, they were both bottom of the barrel in their respective leagues. Last and now, last season, they both were because yeah. Dolan Dolan yeah. Dolan seems like he lets Jeff someone like Jeff Gorton do, does his job more than he lets. Yeah, I'm actually gonna uh, I'll come back to you guys with it later, but I'm gonna look up and see his exact involvement in the Rangers because okay. I'm actually not too sure. Um, but yeah. So All I know let's is go Rangers. Anything, <laughs> anything involving Jimmy Dolan is gonna come crashing down, regardless of how. Well, look, good that's it what looks. we. Uh, yeah, I, Listen, look, I agree with you, but Pran- I'm it's, happy it, right it's now. Dolan and the Wilpons that like. It's just I like I said. New York the, spirits down. The Rangers are. It's like the Knicks and the Giants. It just seems like one thing after another thing after another thing. It's just going wrong and wrong and wrong. Well, the it's Giants, nice for the finally... most part, are a, relat- are a relatively well-run well run organization. Like, they do not have too many problems. Yeah, I mean... And Jeff Wolpon's the essential like they, GM of the And they've Mets. had a lot of smart I... people running their front office, right? Jerry, Jerry Reese was a very good GM for a long Jerry time Reese until... Jerry Reese was okay. Uh, Tish was there for a while. Like, th- they had a lot of guys that were there 
the Mara family. Yeah, the Maras. Like, they've got relatively stable people. Yeah. And I was excited when they when there was speculation that Louis Riddick was gonna interview for the GM. Oh, I like. I love. I love Louis Riddick. He's a smart guy. He's a smart guy, and I, I would rather have him than Gettleman, but. Well, yeah. Well, Gettleman is really screwing them. But here's yeah. here's my. I'd issue. rather have this TV than Gettleman. But like, I, <laughs> and I, I've TV. said this. I, I've I've said this before, right? The Giants have more have less. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'll start over. The Giants have less dysfunction than I think a lot of people think that they do, just because they've got Gettleman. But that really is their only. Did, like is there only, is yeah, there only? That, that's their only thing. Like they've got it, they have Eli. Eli, regardless of whether you like it or not, is part of this front office right now, right? Peyton Manning is part of this front office from afar. Yeah, like you're getting good minds into this front office. And I didn't which know, is why, I, like, like the Daniel Jones pick. And, and I didn't know that Peyton Manning was involved until the Daniel Jones pick. If Eli and Peyton are saying, look. We know that it isn't going to sit well, but trust me on this Daniel Jones kid. Peyton Manning is, uh, at least I can say this about Peyton. Peyton Manning is maybe the smartest NFL player to ever play. Peyton Manning is a brilliant football player. Smartest off- I'd say the smartest offensive player. At least. He, at right. least the smartest offensive player. Right. Absolutely. I feel like probably the second smartest quarterback behind Brady. I'd say that Brady's well, smarter. Why? Well, okay, okay. Take the systems out of it, and then you focus on the individual player. I, I, yeah, I, is that what you're doing? Are you taking the, I, are you yeah, taking the systems I, I would out? Okay. Say as an individual right, football okay, player, then Peyton yes, Manning as, is as my guy. As individual football players, Peyton Manning is. But Eli's a brilliant in that aspect too. Like Eli, Eli is a very smart football player. Eli just isn't very good anymore. You know what I mean? So like Listen, that whole yeah, thing. But the, not everyone can be great at 38. Not every, not everyone no, has no, a no, no, has, no, 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 not no. everyone has a motor like I mean like Philip Rivers or Rivers. Well, Philip Rivers is aged yeah. a okay, lot. But, okay, but Rivers was an MVP candidate last season. Yeah, no, Eli that's, no, that's my point. It's not not everyone is not everyone is as lucky as say Rivers or Ben or Rivers, especially Rivers is thirty seven, thirty eight. Well, yeah, Tom Rivers Brady, and Ben. Tom, who came Brady, out Tom of, Brady, forty one, forty two years old. But another thing you can you can talk about is uh, I mean it's arguable that Eli's got the best hat. Well, Odell's gone now, but Eli had the best weapons of his career last season with yeah. with Barkley and Beckham. Barkley, Beckham, Shepard, Ingram, Ingram. Shepard. And now, I mean, you know, Odell's gone, but Golden Tate's not terrible. But we've beefed up, we've beefed up the line. And that's why I said, man, Golden like, I want. Golden Tate's going to get traded. Golden Tate's probably going to get traded, but I still, like, he's. I'm not unhappy that we have him. Is Would I rather have him than Odell? Yeah, Obviously not. Look, but if you have him and you're able to get another. Why not then, yeah? Third or fourth round pick out of him? Great. Right. Look, you, but. Uh, all right. You mentioned the Wilpons. You mentioned the Wilpons. Can I read you a quote that, just a little quickie, can I read you a quote that Nelson Doubleday said when he officially, he was the owner of the team from 1982 with the Wilpons. Uh, he then sold his whole majority at stake to the Wilpons in 2002, 2003. This is going to be fun. This is what he said about about Jeff Wilpon. This, sure. this is when he sold the team. Mr. Jeff Wilpons decided that he's going to learn how to run a baseball team and take over at the end of the year. Run for the hills, boys. I think probably I think probably all those baseball people will bail. Wow. That's what Nelson Doubleday said. In he said what, Jeff, 2003? This is 2002, 2003 when he sold his stakes to the, to the Wilpons. Wow. He says Jeff sits there by himself like he's King Tut waiting for his Campbell. Hump one, hump two. They like that, too, for the price of one. Wow. wow. <laughs> I like nice. the skill and finesse with which they told Mike he's going to be the first baseman. Oh, that's about Mike Piazza. But that's that one's the best. Mr. Jeff Wilpons decided he's decided he's going to learn how to run a baseball team, take over at the end of the year. Run for the hills, boys. I think probably all those baseball people will bail. Nelson Doubleday. Those words have... 
have have ne- have been so true, so true ever since Wilpon took over the team, fully took over the team in 2002. All right. That's, I, uh, that's I, a I looked run up, for the hills. Uh, what James Dolan's like, official title would be. Yeah. So it's executive chairman and chief executive officer of the Madison Square Garden Company. So he's technically yeah, like anything that, anything that in comes Madison and Square goes. Garden, James Dolan right. has a part of yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah, Rangers, Knicks. He just chooses Concerts, to yeah, yeah, chooses to have more influence in the Knicks than the Rangers. But what's he, his net worth? He's I'll, I'll, I actually uh, was just going to uh, 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 more than me, more than Freddy, us. Because get get this right, because I didn't know this. So he also uh, since he's just in charge of the Madison Square Garden company. Sure. That's everything that comes along with it. So he was also responsible for the Radio City Music Hall renovation in 1999. The Bacon Theater, uh, Bacon, bacon <laughs> the Beacon bacon. Theater. Bacon, <laughs> yeah, 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 bacon. yeah. You can tell where my mind's at. Uh, the Beacon Theater beacon uh, in 2009. Nice obviously, the Madison Square Garden renovation. They opened yeah. up places in Vegas and California. He could technically make a trade for the Rockettes if he really wanted to, <laughs> because he owns them. Like, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and as as far as his net worth, probably could. He You're really right. could. I don't like this one. Let's see what we can get. Um. His net worth is $1.5 billion. Yikes. It's a lot of lettuce. Quite. Quite a lot. That's probably as much as this entire town. Right? More. I'd say. Probably more. Yeah. (laughs) More, I'd say. All right. uh, That's the news. Our big J journalist, Vinny Mutone, Matt Catarazzolo. We talked so long about something that wasn't even news. <laughs> we talked so long about something that wasn't even news. Well, hey, look. That's the news. That's what we're, not, we're, That's not even, we're not even news segments. We're just yeah. like the tangent section. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you want to go off on something. Yeah, but you guys completely... are like the organized tangent segment. So, yeah. like, nice. I, I go Control to you guys chaos. to get off on tangents. Yes. Uh, all I right. Uh, hour two. Hey, Stack, coming up. Uh, still plenty to talk about. And again, um, I think that. Like, we are getting into the thick of, uh, like, NFL training camps and, you know, stuff like that. It's going to be a lot of NFL coming up. It really is. It it is going to be a lot of stuff. But uh, So, here's the thing. You know, I, I, I look at, I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm wearing a hat today. Um, Cow- it was the Dallas Cowboys hat day for you today. Uh, also, so the, no headphones. So, I want to get into this. The Cowboys quarterback situation is tricky. It might be the most tricky in the league. But I'll tell you something about those contract talks that nobody is talking about. That's coming up next. More Haystack next. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents The Haystack Show with Mike Guido. Hour two. Good to have you in. It's one o'clock. It's quarter after one-ish. Mike, Evan, Matt, Vinny. Good to have you in here on a Tuesday. We haven't had that in a while, Evan. I, you know, we haven't had that in a while because, and I thought today was a Wednesday. I was, I was actually going to put it the Wii Sports De- music de- in there. De- de- I was close to doing. It. I was like, no, that's tomorrow's right, Wii Sports Wednesday. Tomorrow's going to be a big Tuesday. day. It's not. Tomorrow's going to be a good Wednesday. day. Um, nah, so tomorrow, I, I talked to him over the weekend. <laughs> tomorrow, at about like twelve thirty, ish, 
we're going to have X major leaguer, 14-year major league veteran, Frank Catalanato on the show tomorrow. That's going to be really fun. And, and, and as far as like trade deadline stuff and all that is concerned, I really want to get his input on coaching. I want to get his input on how front offices work and everything. It's, it's going to be a good interview tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss that. Um, all right, so Dak Prescott has said time and time again, that he isn't going to take a hometown discount for the Dallas Cowboys. And he shouldn't. I, I, I agree with him 100% he shouldn't. Um, I don't think Dak is going to make $30 million. I think his hometown discount would be, all right, we'll pay a 22-23 instead of 28, but Dak is probably going to take 27-28. He's going to make Kirk Cousins money, right? Like, that's what I think is going to happen. He's not going to get more than Russell Wilson. He's not going to get more than Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to get more than Matt Ryan. It, he's going to get... Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo type money. Here's my thing with with Dak, and I like him. I'm a Cowboy guy. It, Dak, to me, I think has proven himself to be a starting quarterback in this league. There is no question in my mind. I know a lot of people say, eh, he's not, I wouldn't take a chance on him. He's not a Super Bowl winner. He's not that kind of guy. I tend to disagree. I think if you put him in the right situation with the right coach and the right talent, I think Dak Prescott can take you places. Um, also, I think it's really hard to judge that right now, now that Tom Brady rules the world. So, Dak right now, 66% completion percentage. He's thrown for a little bit over, almost 11,000 yards in three years. 67 touchdowns. He's thrown 25 picks. He's got a good touchdown interception ratio. Um, so I'm not worried rate. about that. He's he doesn't really turn the ball over. Uh, he's good with his legs. He fumbles. I, I like him. He, he fumbles pretty. Fun. He fumbles. You know what, Matt? Whatever. He, yeah, I'm just saying he fumble. He fumbles more than an average quarterback. I'm gonna look up actually. Like this Cowboys Giants rivalry is gonna be fun with you two. He's at five. He's <clears> not at really because I don't have, I don't have high he's expectations. He's had 14 for the Giants game winning drives in three years, which is pretty good if you look at comparatively what other quarterbacks yeah. do average quarterbacks usually go around anywhere between two or three game winning drives a year he gets he gets four or five every year so he Dak had 12 is, he had 12 fumbles in 2018 six of them were for a loss were for lost yeah i don't like you um, <laughs> so here's Dak my Prescott thing doesn't like I, on the ball yeah <laughs> here's my issue with with Dak. I, I have a feeling that these talks with the Cowboys are going to go smoothly. I do not think that they're going to be loud. I don't think they're going to be very ugly. I, I really don't. I think it's going to be primarily in-house. Um, but the one thing that I noticed that nobody's talking about in these conversations between Dak and the Cowboys is... I don't really see how Dak has any leverage. Right? NFL free agency. He will have leverage once Jared Goff gets paid. Well, because Goff, Goff, I mean, Carson Wentz got Goff, Dak, and and Press, and and Goff, Wentz, and Dak all were in the same draft class. Carson got, got, got his contract about a month ago, right? Yeah. So he kind of set the market for those three. Goff. It's Goff and Dak now are in a race to see who gets paid next. Uh, here's my now, thing, Goff, though. But the difference is, Goff, now Goff does have one more year left because he has a fifth-year option, but so did Carson Wentz. Here's my thing. Dak only has this year. I 
don't agree. I don't think that one of them is going to set the market for the other. I don't believe that to be true. And the reason being is I think Wentz and Goff are tried are are tied together, right? I, I think those two will set the market for each other. Dak is a different story. Like I said, I like Dak, but I don't see how he has any leverage because NFL free agency is different. I mean, Dak can Dak right? can go up to despite Dak being a third or fourth round draft pick. He was a fourth rounder, right? Yeah. He could, he with Carson Wentz, he could he could look at the Cowboys and say Carson has no playoff wins at all. I've got two already. I've got two in three. You're years. right. Golf, not where I'm going. You know, here's Golf's been, Golf's a, Super been a Super Bowl, sure, but with Wentz, sure. he could say I've I've gotten Dax, two playoff wins. Dak's agent has every right to say, okay, we um we have numbers and all of this stuff to prove that he's worth his money. Wentz and, also would have won would have won MVP, probably would have won MVP in 2017 if he didn't get hurt. If, if he didn't, right. if Instead, he didn't, Brady if he didn't won go it, down. Right. Exactly. I, I can agree with that. I but, agree. But here's the Guy thing. Guy's going bananas. <laughs> NFL free agency is different. <laughs> NFL free agency is different. That was the cutest little giggle, Vin. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, Vinny's cute. Uh, Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's going to wiggle his toes under the table, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, you done? Are you done? Are you done? <laughs> uh, I'm, just, I'm kidding. Um, but... <laughs> this conversation has gone off the rails. Yeah, it's it's bad. I was know. fine until you Speaking said the toe thing. That <laughs> was fine. It wasn't yeah. going beyond. Take a drink, that. Matt. Take a drink. I'm um, fine. Oh, I'm okay. Anyway, sports. Uh, <laughs> sports. I feel like I always have to be missing something when it comes to these contract negotiations. Uh, like how you just said with with Dak, where he's like, he'll probably get 22, and he's like, oh, 27. What's it, the big? Here's my thing. What is the biggest leverage point? For free agents in any sport, right? What is their biggest leverage point when it comes to contract negotiations? I'll leave. I'll leave. I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. If you're not going to, someone will. Where's Dak going? Giants. <laughs> but, like, in all seriousness, let's t- take a look around the NFL. <laughs> It's like the, it's like the Knicks at this point. Anytime there's a player that could possibly the be Giants. moved, the Giants, the Jets, the yeah, Giants. no, right, the, yeah, the Jets will give hey guys, up on Mark Darnold Co- to get to take Dak. Hey guys, yeah, Mark no. Cooper's going to become a free agent. Giants. But like, think about this, <laughs> Jets. So, what team do you think is not only going to take a chance on Dak Prescott to be their starting quarterback, but is going to take a chance on Dak Prescott to be their starting quarterback for the amount of money that the Dallas Cowboys won't pay him? Ready, ready. The Tennessee Titans. That's exactly what I was going to say. Ten- no, that's that's, that's interesting exactly what I, mean, I was going to say. Mar- I don't, that's I don't a good think option. so. That's an interesting option. Because they Mariota, have the same situation. But Mariota's in his last, kind of in his last chance. And yeah, he hasn't proven yeah, that. Remember, remember the tiers but that we put th- uh, It's the same in? thing yeah. with Dak. Ooh, Dak and Mariota. Go back to the tiers. Yeah, you remember you that? the tiers and like it's this year or bust. So after this yeah. year, I don't know. I, that, the tight, that, the that, move that exact Mariota? reason is why I thought the Tennessee Titans this is pretty much, was because we put Mariota in. I like Dak more right, than I like Mariota. No, that, that's, but that's why they're saying the so Titans. So do I. But that's but why I don't I'm know saying. The, but the consensus around the NFL might not be that. Oh, that's my well, thing. I don't know about that one. I, the, it might not be that. Look, I think how, cons- many, I think how many cons- general managers have we said, have have honestly said this, I, I if I'm Dallas, I'm letting Dak walk. We've seen a lot of guys do that. A lot of general managers say those kind of things about Dak Prescott. Now, I like him. I think the Cowboys should pay him. 
Well, when you were, but I'll say this with Dak: when you when you were Mar- Mariota was picked in the top two, he was he was like he was the number second overall pick after Jameis. When you're a quarterback like Dak, who was kind of an afterthought, like you were not really an after, well, oh, yeah, you were kind of an afterthought, and you were picked in the fourth round. You were no one was really sure about you. Goff and Wentz with the two guys coming out of that draft, like oh wow, yeah, these guys are the, are the future. When you're kind of that quarterback is overshadowed. People are kind of like, well, you know, maybe, well, uh, you know. Well, so you, know but, and, and you could be the guy that's well, proven he, more than well, the other. Like, let's say this: if you're, if, run, you're the, if you're the Titans, the year, though. if you're if you're the Titans, or if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or anybody else, right? Let's take those two teams, right? Because they might need a quarterback right away. Ooh, oh, I have another one. I have another one. If they take, if you take those two teams, right? What is more attractive for Tampa Bay and what's more attractive for Tennessee? Paying a guy 30 plus million dollars, paying a guy like Dak 30 million dollars or if Mariota really doesn't play well enough, you're in line for a cheap young quarterback that might end up being better than Dak is now. Well, it's different in Tampa Bay because Arians like truly believes he can do something with Winston, and I believe you're right. Ari- he Bruce could. Arians is a good coach. Hey, you're so. right. He could, and Tampa Bay might not need him. But if Tampa Bay, if if everything fails, right? Mariota doesn't work. Winston doesn't work. Okay, we can uh, we throw out some others, right? Uh, let's say the Raiders want to move on from Derek Carr, which I don't think they do, but maybe maybe they will, right? Maybe the Bengals want to move on from Andy Dalton. Bengals should move on from Andy Dalton, right? You have to keep in mind, if the Dallas Cowboys are not willing to pay Dak Prescott $30 million, nobody in the NFL is going to pay Dak $30 million. Nobody. You know who I feel like would if they didn't already sign someone else is Jacksonville. I'd see, like, Jacksonville. Right, but now they're tied into Foles, and that's that. Yeah, I'm saying if this that was, like, isn't if, work. If this was right. like a year earlier than I would You're say. Right. What, about my, what about Miami? Well, they're no, they I don't think Miami would go either. They're going to take a chance on Rosen. Well, that's what, that's like what they're going to do they, now. Miami is going to be the worst or second worst team in football this year. You can have your choice between, okay, Josh Rosen, you could pay Dak $30 million, or you can draft Justin Herbert or Tua Tagovailoa. My guess is, is that if Rosen works, they're going to keep Rosen. And if Rosen doesn't work, they're going to draft a kid with the first overall pick and get him on the cheap, right? Because say what you want, Dak Prescott right now, and I can even admit this as a Cowboy guy, I'm not sure how much better Dak is going to get than how he is right now, right? That's what I was going to say. To attack of Iloa could be an MVP candidate. I mean, like, you have to measure what is more attractive to you in the NFL. The way that I see Dax leverage in with the Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys situation is, the Cowboys are going to give him a good offer. They're going to give him, Dak will pay $27.5, million, we'll pay you what Jimmy G or Kirk Cousins is getting paid. And that's fair to me. That is fair. Right? He's not a 30 Dak. plus million dollar guy. I think with the Cowboys, you have to say... And I don't think anybody in the NFL thinks he is a $30 million guy. Because I think if Dak does... If Dak does test free agency, you don't just test free agency to get out of your first franchise. You get out of you test free agency to get more money than what you were going to get. I don't think a lot of GMs. I don't think there's a team in the league that's going to give him thirty million. Yeah, I, think, but I, I don't thought. I don't think a lot of GMs thought Kirk Cousins was worth the money that he got. 
Well, okay. But we all knew that Kirk Cousins was going to get paid. And Kirk Cousins was... You weren't talking $30 million with Kirk Cousins. You were talking 27 28 Right. And we all knew that his market was going to be relatively sizable just because a lot of the teams that were in the Cousins market didn't have their young quarterbacks yet, right? The Cardinals, the Jets, the Browns, you know, like uh, the Bills, like all of these teams were in on Kirk Cousins, the Broncos, because they didn't have their young quarterback yet, right? The Vikings were saying, look, we'd rather not pay Case Keenum and pay you because you're more proven. It's a little different. So my thing is, is that in order for a free agent to have leverage in negotiations, the number one thing you can say to your existing team is, look, if you guys don't pay me, I'll go somewhere else where they will. I think. And also, I don't know if that team exists. I think if also if you're a t- any team, this is just for any team looking for a quarterback, I'll put in the, you gotta look at, I, if we look at the Cowboys, they just went through 10 years of Tony Romo, and every year, despite we could say what Romo and the playoff collapse and the playoff collapses and the Week 17 collapses, <clears throat> for 10 years, most of 10 years, he, they were in playoff contention every year and they made the postseason. With Dak Prescott, so far through three years, they've been in playoff contention every year. They haven't had a losing season. They've had winning seasons three years in a row. Yeah. So if you're but the Cowboys— most people believe that it's because of Zeke. Well, that's kind that's of, I guess that's, a, that's I was, exactly that's where I was going to go with that. That's well, kind I'll of where they no, yeah, that's kind of where they interconnect. We talked about Zeke at the start of the show. Now we get the Dak. They're, where they kind of interconnect with one another, Dak and Zeke. You want to keep them together, you know? You do. Oh, sure if you're do. the Cowboys, yeah, you no, want to keep them together. Their relationship together I, is definitely in an uh, ideal world. You'd like to, but sometimes you can't just do it. I mean, look right. at look at Simmons and Embiid. Like you'd probably love to keep both of them, but you probably aren't going to be able to, especially sure. after giving Simmons all that money. They probably knew in the back of their head when when they did that that. You know, Embiid is going to be on the move soon too. I say, if, if you're like, a quarterback, you never want if you're if you're a team and you have a franchise quarterback, you never want talent just revolving around like, oh, we lose Zeke. Okay, here's another guy. Oh, this guy didn't work out. Now we go to another guy. You, you never you never want or even Amari Cooper. Say say they can't get a deal done with Cooper. He leaves. Now you're going through a round with receivers. You never want a franchise quarterback to have revolving talent around him because now you're kind of messing with the system. You're messing. You're not really getting the right playmakers. All of a sudden, the court. All of a sudden, you know. All of a sudden, Dak is kind of. Or any quarterback is kind of, you know, not really getting to sync with guys that he should be getting to sync with, you know. So, I I, I think that uh, and going on with how Dak is acting with his contract negotiations, um, he's kind of acting like a generational talent, and I don't believe he is. Uh, and I think that in his well, mind, he thinks he is uh, to deny or not necessarily deny what he was offered, but. Because I'm not really sure the extent of the situation. But from I'm what not even are, sure if there was an offer yeah, made. That's what I'm I just saying. know yeah. that I, I'm sure they're throwing numbers. Around. I'm yeah. sure Dak's agent is saying, "All right, we want 31 million." Right. But like the, the Cowboys I, say, "All right, we'll pay you 27," yeah. and they're trying to meet but somewhere. The, the idea of it being a four or five million dollar difference and the conversation of "I'll I, I'll walk" even came up to me is like it's kind of disgusting because like well, i said i don't i can't i don't imagine dak prescott being the generational talent to say that like another player can who is a superb not again i'm not saying that he's not a great player because he is but also the relationship he has with uh zeke don't you think that could add to that a little bit too the fact that he ha- it's their relation they kind of both came up together and they yeah. fed off of each other every same single draft. game. Well, same yeah. draft, same well, draft. They, yeah. they, like, so they're literally leading this team together and it, when one does something right 
especially if it's Zeke, it, it also kind of makes Dak look right, like pretty good too. It's not going to make him look bad by any means. Well, like, I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? Here's my thing is I don't think Dak is I, – I think it's kind of implied, right? Like I don't think Dak is going up there and saying, hey, you better pay me or else I'm going to leave. I think like when you're having contract negotiations in a contract year, I think you're virtually saying, all right, here's the number that I want. Mm-hmm. And then if we can't meet that number, then we'll just we'll part ways. That's yeah. That's it's, said with, it's said without like, being said. Like I don't said. think Dak's yeah. being arrogant about this whole situation. I think that Dak is honestly. I think Dak is like I said. He's handling the situation very quietly, like a professional. I, that's what the, one of the things I like about him is that he's a grown up. Mm-hmm. But that's why. That's why even that's what I'm saying is I don't think that there's a market for him outside of Dallas. Thirty four million don't. per year. That's that's where the according to Fort Worth Star Telegram, Prescott's camp is, is he, looking at a price more at thirty four million per nobody year. Nobody is going to give him that. No. There is he's not. not a, he's not worth that much. You're right. He's not. Not anywhere near that. And right. the, and like I said before, where I always feel like I'm missing something when it comes to these contract negotiations, like the fact that four million dollars or the difference between you know twenty seven and thirty one, whatever the case is, yeah. in your contract. For that to make you want to walk, like if I'm, I mean everyone's human being. So if I at one point become a professional athlete, right, and the Rangers are like, "Hey man, you want to play hockey for us?" I'll be like, "Hell yeah!" And they'll be like, "Well, you're gonna take a ten million dollar cut from everyone else." I'm like, "I do not care." You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. look, you can live off of. Can we not like people forget the days where professional athletes, where this, where playing sports was their second job, not even their first job. I mean, I know this is obviously a very long time ago, but that was a time where people would be a dentist and then at, when the clock out, throw on a uniform and then they go play in front of whoever. And But they're not making, you know, $30 million a year. So I, I always I, – and it's not just this one scenario with Dak, it, but all players do it. They're When they negotiate these the, the pettiest little things where, yeah. where it's a million, two million – it's like, dude, you really can't live off of twenty-seven million. You need thirty. Come on, that's ridiculous. No, I get it. Yeah. I get it. All right, we don't. We don't get it though. No, we we don't. Like, I, I guess it, once like, you have the money, yeah, it's kind of like, different. Me, in, in our eyes, when we're like, all right, dude, if you can get thirty million and you're gonna you're gonna be upset about getting twenty-seven, that's like, yeah. what difference is three million to those people who like? I I feel like it's one thing. Like, if you know you can get this. Like they're gonna want to get that, you know. Like yeah. it's, it's yeah, well, yeah. Well, but to, here's, to here's stay, the thing. it's all and it's about knowing your worth too. Yeah, so it's but like, for if, me, if, if I'm if I'm Dak, I, I I get to stay with Zeke. I get to stay in Dallas, a team that is like we playoff contenders every year. The last three years, it, yes, is 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 good team is on the up. Four of the and, last five. So and like, if, if for that to happen, yeah. I have to take a four million dollar cut. I'm gonna do it. Well, okay. So to touch on what he said, because I think he brought up a good point. If it's between and that then, and Miami, like right, I'm gonna uh, stay yeah, in right. Dallas. Uh, for $4 I'd, I'd rather million stay dollars. in Dallas than than yeah. go to the Dolphins and suck forever. Exactly. Right. But uh, to touch on what he said, and then we're gonna go to break. But poor big Mike. Um, Riff, poor big Mike Rifkin. By the way, sitting Dolphins fan sitting right. I think there. we could like, sit here. <laughs> he's like, what did I do? I think we could sit here and easily <laughs> say, oh man, how could you possibly? Turn down twenty seven million for like a million bucks, like whatever. And and I've done it before, but I think that the way that people look at money is relative to the kind of lifestyle that you live. You're hundred percent. So like it's like you and I can sit here and say like, Vinny, you we're broke college kids. We would come to fists over a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. right? Like you, like we're both broke. We both need to make car payments. We mm-hmm. both need, like I'm paying my my fiance's engagement ring. Like we both got money to pay. Like we we can't have that kind of thing. So a hundred bucks is a big deal. Like Dak, pre- like NFL players, right? Tom Brady, for example, 
Tom Brady, bad example. Let's go to Aaron Rodgers, yeah. right? Aaron Rodgers, who makes $34 million a year, is living a $34 million a year lifestyle. So, like... Yeah, Tom, Tom Brady like, if, embodies if the it, antithesis of what we're talking right. about. Yeah. If, he takes if, pay cuts left and right. If the Green Bay Packers go to Aaron Rodgers and say, listen, Aaron, we need you to take a 6 or $7 million a year pay cut so we could pay these other guys. Aaron's like, no, I've got... I'm living a $34 million lifestyle, six, $7 million docked from that. That, that makes a difference in my life. Right. For like, Aaron, see, for Aaron Rodgers, it might make a difference, but for Dak Prescott, and again, now this is just all well, Dak's based making, off of Dak assumptions. Dak is making chump change. He's Dak, making, Dak right. making fourth no, round no, 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 Dak no, is no, not no, Aaron Rodgers. No, 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 of course, of course. But I'm, I'm saying this, this upcoming contract that we're talking about, and again, this is all based off of assumptions, so I'm, assuming, I'm probably wrong, but that... Dak Prescott doesn't live a thirty million dollar life, nor will he at this age. Um, it, if if he makes thirty, let's say he just makes thirty million dollars, I would assume that you know Dak Prescott's going to buy a nice car, he's going to buy a nice watch, right? He's, he's going to buy, buy his nice mother a house, clothes. he's, he's going to buy his mom a house, like it, right? He's not paying mortgage on his you know multi million dollar house yet, or he's not. Yeah, well, I don't even think football players pay a mortgage. They probably pay for their million dollar house in cash, but. Yeah, they um, probably buy it on the spot. Yeah, and never yeah, have a house payment for the rest of their yeah, life. Yeah, right. But <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. So he so I guess in when I was saying that it would make sense for it's a it's, it makes sense for a player like Dak to take a pay cut. You're right. It doesn't make sense for a player who's near the end of his uh, professional career to yeah. take a pay cut. Yeah, I, yeah. I would agree with you there. All right, we got to go to break. Coming up next, uh, CBS ranked their top 100 players in the NFL. Some I agree with, some I disagree with. I'm going to give you the ones that, okay, I'm going to give you my top 10 NFL players. I'm going to go from 10 to 1, and then we're going to look at that and see what the hell we're looking at. Is that offense and defense? Or yep. I was just going to ask that. It is all combined. It is all combined. I have a feeling oh, that some people are going to think I'm crazy. I want to do top top 10 D and top 10 offense. Really yeah, well, It's hard to do them both at the same time. That's why I'm not the host. <laughs> How about this? We'll do that before the regular season starts. We'll do that before the regular season. I can't season. wait. Like right after, can't like right wait. after week four. This the NFL year is going to be good. Yeah, I'm right after week four the preseason. Yeah, we, we have to do something every Monday or, or something. That All has right. to do with Sunday. More Haystack next. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back. You have, Haystack. Matt, you have this tendency, like, th- just at the right moment, as I hit the mic, as I hit your, your microphone to go to do, like, <laughs> like right at the exact moment I hit the mic right here. It's like getting all the it's like getting all the it's like, it's like you, all you, the noise it's like getting all the nonsense noise out before we get down to business. So Dude, Gosh. it's such a Sorry, sign. Dude. Like he know like Matt knows when exactly when to do that. Like, oh buttons hit, do it. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Alright. It's, um, it's what I do. Close it out today. Top ten NFL players. CBS put out their list of top one hundred. Um so I'm going to do their top 10. So here's here's their top 10. If I can pull it up. That'd be funny if I couldn't find it. Yeah, that'd be dope. That'd be really... <laughs> what do we do? It's like, what do we do now? If I just... Well, it's like, just get, your top 10, get to your top 10. Get to your top 10. Wow. It really... It's not in the place where I found it anymore. So Patrick so. Mahomes. Is <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to find it as you do your nope, list? I got it. Nope, LeBron, got it. LeBron Jordan. Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's LeBron James, Mike Trout. <laughs> Can, can you so not disrespect Mike Trout? Come so on, man. 
So their top ten players right now are, uh, and this is from one to ten, it's Aaron Donald, Patrick Mahomes, Khalil Mack, uh, Brady, Von Miller, Aaron Rodgers, six, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, seven, Russell Wilson, eight, Bobby Wagner, nine, and then Drew Brees is their ten. Not a single running back in the top ten? Nope. Not a single running back. Their first running back off the board, I believe, is Zeke or uh, is probably Gurley. I think it's Barkley. It's Saquon at twenty-one. Twenty one. Literally, I'm gonna vomit. I'm gonna literally vomit. There's what? There's, there's Saquon, twenty so, players in the NFL so, better so, than him. So here's eleven to twenty. It's Julio Jones, okay, Fletcher Cox, Michael Thomas, Odell, Keekley, Andrew Luck, JJ Watt. Cameron Jordan, Travis Kelsey, and Stephon Gilmore. Cameron wow. Jordan and Stephon Gilmore above Stephon Barkley. Gilmore. Wow, Stephon Gilmore. I'm gonna throw up all over this equipment right now. They, they must. It must be it relative. Be Zeke is 24. It must be relative to their positions, I, yeah, I put, right? Still, I can't imagine that I'd it's actually doing it. Gilmore. I, I would. Gilmore's not even a top five corner in this okay. league. I'm sorry, oh. Matt. He's not. Barkley's not in my top ten. I'd still put. Zeke I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was. I hate you, but I don't think I didn't think it was. <laughs> I resent you for it. I'm not okay with it, but I didn't think it was. Wait, what, what number was Keekly? What number was Keekly? Mike Rifkin, the producer. What like talk here too? Like eighteen. Yeah. 16? Mike, what, what was, was Keekly? 18? 15. 15. That's disgusting as well. See, I think I would put Keekly in my top 10. I, I also love, I love Keekly so much. I I, I'm with you. I love Keekly. If, if you're listening. Keekly's probably the best middle linebacker. Keekly's probably the best middle linebacker. Him and Bobby, him and Bobby yeah. Wagner, who yeah. they have in his who okay, they have. First of all, Bobby 10. Wagner should not be a 99 overall in Madden 20. He's not He's not a 99 overall. Wait a second, wait a second. Forget the Madden ratings for a second. Who's buying the new Madden? Because it's the same game it's always been. Yeah, actually, I'm going to because dude, all I do is play like franchise in my career, and they actually pimped it out. Dude, the only thing they change, the only thing they change in Madden that. year after year is, the, ki- is the, ki- the kicking meter. That's the only thing they change is how you kick field goals. <laughs> you know what I saw? That I was dying. Is it going to be a bar? Is it going to be a little football? How about the fact you can't do the coin toss anymore? It just goes right to this random kickoff. It's like I saw something for for 2K, and it was like every year they trick us into buying it by just adding. A new bead of sweat on a player's face, and they, there was a yeah, thread on Twitter. And if you look at it, the graphics are better. Yeah, no, I saw, it, I saw that with 2K and the Jimmy yeah, Butler thing. It's, it's like literally they, a thread they, of really, all the they really just make yeah. the players sweaty and trick yeah. us into the they, they, they make them glisten a little bit more. The graphics just look so much better. Like, <laughs> God, everyone buy our game, they're more sweaty. So, like. I just recently <laughs> got a couple of weeks ago, I got the uh, the newest. NBA 2K game, right? 19? 19. 19. Yeah. I, got I got it for $3. I got it for $3. Shout out to you, Vin. I got it for $3? Wow. Yeah. So it's funny because <laughs> I'm playing it. That was. An, I'm sorry. That was another plane, right? I'm not crazy. Yes. Was, You're not crazy. Dude, I, I'm so sorry. Like It so, gets me every time. So I'm playing, right? And my fiance is sitting behind me, and she's like, Wow, these graphics are awful. Women. They're terrible. I'm like, I can't say I disagree with you. Like, they really weren't that good. See, when I play 2K, my girlfriend says, I think ba- I thought basketball was over because she literally thinks I'm just watching TV because of the like the way they do 2K no, the TV show and everything. Games, you you are, know? Best graphics in sports games are MLB The Show. That oh my, stuff. That, that, is, that stuff's it looks Sick. like you're. It looks like you're watching MLB Network. It looks like and you're, you're watching a game. The it's ridiculous. It's, yeah, it's insane. All right. Uh, all right. So, top ten NFL players. Here we go. 
All right, so my number 10, Whoops. Uh, my only running back on the board is Ezekiel Elliott. And here's my thing. It, I think Zeke right now is probably the best running back in the NFL simply because I don't I, I don't want to give it to Barkley because he's heading into his second year. I want to see him do it for more years. I was going to ask years. you if that's why. Is it because yeah, of the that time? that is why. That is why. So I want to see Barkley do it for more years. And I also am unsure of Todd Gurley. I, I don't know if how his knees are. I think Zeke is the most trustworthy right now. So Zeke is my number 10. Uh, every year that he's been in the NFL, he has led the league in yards per game. And I think that that matters. So Ezekiel Elliott is my number 10. Number nine for me is this is where my first quarterback is. I'm going to put Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson to me, his numbers are never going to jump off the page. He's always going to be a 35, 3,600 yard per year guy, 35 touchdowns. He's going to be around that, uh, around that span. Again, good with his legs. A lot of how I rank these players is value, right? Russell Wilson is the Seattle Seahawks. There is absolutely no question about it. If you look at the Seahawks roster, it isn't good. I'm sorry. The Seahawks do not have a lot of talent on their roster. They just don't. And they have less of it this year. They traded away Frank Clark. Okay. They're out. Um, Doug Baldwin retired. Right. Doug Baldwin's out. They have less talent than they did last year. They have promising young running backs, though. They Car- do. Carson's very good. Rashad right. Penny's very good. And it is because of Russell Wilson that they are still going to be in relative playoff contention. So, Russell Wilson, to me, he's my number nine. Uh, number eight. Some people are going to think I'm crazy. This is my first defensive player. But when he's healthy, I think he's one of the most defensive, uh, most dominant defensive players in NFL history. And that's J.J. Watt. I, when he's healthy... J.J. Watt, in my opinion, might be the best defensive player in the league. He really is. He's a phenomenal run stopper. You can play him in multiple positions. When he's healthy, if he's healthy for a full season, he's going to be a 12-and-a-half, 13-sack-a-year guy at least, right? So, J.J. Watt, for me, pretty much as dominant as they get on the defensive line, he's my number eight. Is this more of what he has done previously, or... You still think this there's a whole lot now. of... Uh-huh. Who they are now. That no. just seems like a respect pick. I love J.J. Watt. I just don't know if he's top 10 right now. I, I, because he's been hurt. Yes. Because he's been hurt. And, and like I said, if he's healthy, I think he's that way. All right. My number seven. Before anybody calls me crazy, hear me out on this one. My number seven's Tom Brady. Now, I think that Brady is probably right now the third best quarterback in the NFL based on what he is, right? He doesn't throw deep balls. He's a very age? conservative guy. Are we f- factoring age? Well, yeah, it's all of this. So okay. who, who they are right now, Tom Brady, to me, is less of a player than he used to be. I get it. He is the most ageless player to probably ever live. Not probably. He is the most ageless player to ever live. But that doesn't mean that if you threw him in anywhere, anybody, uh, anybody else's system, that he wouldn't at least struggle doing so, right? Brady's got all the pieces in place. He's got good protection, right? He's got weapons that work in his system. Look at his best receivers, Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman's not a deep guy. Julian Edelman's an over-the-middle, bubble-screen type player. But he's really reliable. Julian Edelman is as reliable as he gets. Absolutely. Tom Brady's my number seven. I think right now, Tom Brady is the third best quarterback in the league. 
Number six is Von Miller. Now, maybe the fastest pass rusher that I've ever seen. I'm not kidding. Okay? He gets to the quarterback in a hurry. In a hurry. He can play defensive end. He can play 3-4 outside linebacker. I don't really have any issues with that. Um, the only thing I don't like about Von Miller is he plays on a team where you're not going to be able to see him. That's really it. I guarantee you that he'd be so much more well appreciated if he played for the Rams or if he played for the New Orleans Saints, if he played for a team that was actually good. Von Miller, I think, would... Because imagine how much press got Von Miller got when the Denver Broncos were the most dominant team in football. Now When, you, when, when he won Super Bowl MVP. Right. Now Von Miller's an afterthought. So Von Miller's my number six. Still a great pass rusher. You're just never going to see him. Uh, number five, second best quarterback in the league right now, Drew Brees. Now, I was making the argument for a long time that Drew Brees is the best quarterback in football. And I really do believe that that could be the case. I've never seen a more precise thrower in my life, okay? Whether it's deep balls, whether it's short precision routes, Drew Brees is spot on. His completion percentage last year was 74 and a half. That is unheard of. It's pretty good. Unheard of, okay? And it isn't like he's got a plethora of receivers. He's got his one-star receiver and then the Ted Ginns of the world. He's just, he doesn't really have much, right? Drew Brees is aging. But I can rely on Drew Brees to be more consistent week in and week out than almost any other quarterback in the league. Drew Brees is my number five. Uh, all right. And then my number one quarterback, he's my number four player right now, is Patrick Mahomes. Okay, look, I I understand that people are going to say, oh, well, you can't have Saquon on your list, but you can have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yeah. Here's my thing about Patrick Mahomes. Nobody throws for 50 touchdowns in their rookie year, okay? And to be honest with you, I've seen Saquon Barkley before. I've never seen this kid. This kid, first of all, I think is a talent that we've never seen in the NFL before. I think he might have the strongest arm in NFL history. I think he might have the most dynamic play style in NFL history. Patrick Mahomes, to me, the way that I can see this, this is a guy that is... Not, it is not possible for him to hit a wall. It is not possible, right? His skill set is that good. And again, based on who they are now, they're young. I get it. I have a little bit more faith in Mahomes than a lot of other quarterbacks to remain consistent. I get on the that. We, I bag. get that you haven't seen Mahomes yet, but who was the last Barkley we saw? Was it AP? Probably. No, not even AP. Who? Not even AP. Uh. Le'Veon Bell. Probably Le'Veon Bell. Their skill their skill sets are different. Their skill no, sets are different. They're, no, they're, they're, they're exactly the same. Le'Veon, Le'Veon's more patient than Saquon. Saquon doesn't Saquon Le'Veon Bell is the most patient running back. Saquon doesn't wait behind the line and then hit the holes when they open. Yeah. Like, he also he, doesn't have that kind of line that Pittsburgh has. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I, but yeah, you can't stand still for three seconds behind the Giants. But an open line and, yeah, and, and an open space and in open space I taking Saquon over Le'Veon. Based on strength and speed, I'm taking Saquon over Le'Veon. I would take Saquon over over Le'Veon in open space. Saquon's faster. It's literally right? it's, Saquon's it's faster, Saquon's Saquon stronger. Saquon Saquon, Saquon's lateral strength is, in every is better. <laughs> His lateral speed is better. Saquon's better than Le'Veon. I, look, I would take Le'Veon Bell before the line I'm of scrimmage. Buying, I would take Saquon Barkley after the line of scrimmage. That's what I would do. Where does it count, and though? As, and as but a where pass does it, catcher, I would still take Le'Veon Bell. Uh, okay. 
We agree to disagree. I love Le'Veon, but I, I'm not biased when I say that I think I Saquon's know. better. You're a little butthurt. I get it. I'm not butthurt at all. <laughs> <laughs> not butthurt at all. Wait, wait. <laughs> I think the biggest travesty is there's no Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no Aaron Rodgers. I, I, we we live in a world no where Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is no longer the top 10 player in the NFL. I think Pat Mahomes. No, I, not, quarterback, not quarterback. Not quarterback. I, I, I get what you're yeah, saying. All top 10 players. I, I mean, if you take Aaron Rodgers off the Green Bay Packers... What are the Green Bay Packers? Right, that's uh, that. That's, that's the that's, argument for that's, me. That's, that's, why it's hard, that's why it's hard to judge all of these players because if you if you do it by that, like where mm-hmm. if this player is gone off their team, then then the top ten changes completely. I, I mean, no disrespect to you or Pat Mahomes, but Alex Smith played well with that same chief offense Alex, as well. Alex Smith did play, did play. We well for, and a lot of people yeah, forget that. But there are only so many players in NFL history, and I don't think that there's any. That can make the kind of throws that Patrick Mahomes yeah. can. I agree with you. I totally there's, there's agree. There's absolutely something to say about things, fifty touchdowns and five thousand yards. The things like, that Patrick that Mahomes that doesn't come along. It doesn't year. happen in your first year. Yeah. But, but that, I don't, don't think it's gonna happen well, in your second hey, year. If you want to be one of those guys who are like, "Ooh, wasn't his first year." That's that's the same people that say that Aaron no, Judge didn't I'm hit not, fifty no. home runs in his rookie season. No, Pat, I'm, no, I'm not. It's I'm your not, first year playing. You're essentially a rookie. I don't care if you rolled the bench your first technical year in the NFL. If you didn't play a snap. You're a rookie if you play your first snap in the second Because the argument. Do you need a hug? Because the <laughs> argument is so right. exhausting. Guys, we gotta get through this. So number three. Uh, number three. Best offensive player in the league, in my opinion, is DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Best wide receiver. Be- def- best offensive yeah. player. Will you stop it? I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna walk <laughs> out of the room. <laughs> this is the most this is the most skilled best wide receiver I've seen since Calvin Johnson. I'm not kidding. This kid is, I think. Best hands in the NFL. He's one of the fastest players in the NFL. He's one of the best route runners in the NFL. And truthfully, he's facing number one corners and dominating them every week. This kid is so special. I think he's the best offense player. Didn't have a drop last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. crazy. It was like 212 targets, and he you, didn't have you, a drop. You remember the, um, he the when he like caught it in between his legs? And that, 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 that sealed that the deal for me. I mean, that sealed the deal for me. He made Jalen Ramsey look silly. It makes you think he's got pine tar in his gloves. Zach Ertz and DeAndre Hopkins are the two. Ertz and the other one in the Super Bowl didn't have a drop either. Hopkins, yeah, two, those are two guys with the. Ertz, the best it, tight end in the NFL. Then and, and Antonio Brown, those oh. two, those two and Antonio Brown oh. have the best hands in, in the NFL. That hurts in terms my of heart. Catch, turns of catch the that football. That hurts my heart. Do you do you think we'll ever see a, a time in modern day football where a tight end will break top ten players in the NFL? I, we think had, I think we had it with Gronkowski. Yeah, Gronk yeah, was a top yeah. ten player Gronk for like the past three. Years. Like no, Gronk, people gotta keep in mind Gronk when. When Gronk was at his peak, 2011, the most dominant 2011, weapon to 2011 ever Gronk. Yeah. I, Nobody could cover Gronk. No, yep. 2011 Gronk was an was a different animal. Tony Gonzalez, yeah. even he, was the equi- he was the equivalent of throwing even, the ball oh, away. Look, Just don't Tony throw it away. Gonzalez, Tony Gonzalez is probably the greatest tight end ever. He wasn't Gronk. When Gronk was at his peak, oh no, he was nobody he was, was Gronk. Oh, he was he nobody was unstoppable. Was Gronk. unstoppable. All right, uh, number two. I he was my number one last year. He was my number one last year. I'm dropping him down to number two just because I think it isn't really because of him. It's because of the guy that who is number one just jumped up so high. Number two for me is Khalil Mack. I, I think he's the most versatile defensive player that we've ever seen. Uh, I think he can play inside, outside, pass rush. He can cover. He can play middle linebacker. 
Uh, he's the only guy that I can uh, that I think in NFL history that has gone to a Pro Bowl based on two separate positions. I, I mean, I think he's the most intimidating player in the NFL we've he, seen since like Ray Lewis. I, I think he is too. I think you are not scared to face any other player more than when you are can, scared to face Khalil Mack. When you Mack. can toss a right tackle, when you can toss a left tackle with your left arm, that's not it's, something everyone can no, do. No, Khalil Mack is a different animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Khalil Mack's my number two. And then number one, I think it's pretty obvious right now. Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald I think, right now is the best player in football. It, it's, and I was trying to fight this so hard, right? Because I want to say Khalil Mack in the worst way. Khalil, I really do. Khalil Mack doesn't do blocking techniques with butcher knives, all right? Like, I it's, mean... It's something you see. If you watch that video and you look at Aaron Donald, you're like, there's... There's something, Psychos, there, there's psychosis there something in your different eyes. about Aaron Donald. It, it's just, his numbers are too good. Based on the position that he plays, he shouldn't have the production that he has, right? I mean, he leads the league in sacks, and he's a defensive tackle. That doesn't happen, yeah. right? Edge no, rushers lead the league no in sacks, interior, not defensive No interior, okay. interior linemen should lead the league in sacks. He's the best player in football. He's the most dominant player in football. Now, Don- Elliot will it's a, it's it's kind of right. uh, run through it. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna go to news and then we gotta go. All right, I'll, I'll, Thomas. Twelve is Todd Gurley. Eleven is Drew Brees. And this is my ten. Ten I put uh, ten I put Barkley because I wanted to put him in there, but you know I wanted yeah, to, I, I want to be you. fair. I know. <laughs> ten, ten is Barkley. Nine I put Luke Keekley. Eight I put JJ Watt. Seven I put Mahomes. Six I put Zeke. Five I put Hopkins. Four is Von Miller. Three is Brady. Two is Mac. One is Donald. All right, go then. Quick. All right, so. You're not gonna. You're gonna hate all of this. All right. From <laughs> I'm one, sure I am. From you want one to ten or ten to one? Go ten to one. Ten to one. All right. We got Luke Keekley, Saquon, Mike Thomas, and uh, Mike Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas. Yeah, Mike Thomas. I, I don't know what I. He might be the second best wide receiver. I put in him football, at. I put Michael him at Thomas. there. I put him at there too. Um. So yeah. So I have him at uh, at the eighth spot. I also did slash uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, because I realized I didn't have him on my list and he needed to be there. So. I didn't even have him in my top 15. <laughs> so uh, then I have J.J. Watt, uh, D-Hop, I got Breeze, Von Miller, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Donald, and then Khalil Mack. I'm surprised. I, I got, I'm surprised, Khalil Mack is your one. Uh, Khalil Mack's my one over Darnold. My, yeah. Mike, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't call me out for not having Odell in my top 15. I didn't have Beckham. I don't think Odell is a top fifteen player. I, I think I, he's, I, he'd probably be like he'd probably be like fifteen to twenty. He's got a top he'd, fifteen skill set. He'd, 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 he'd be in my top guy. twenty. All right, good list, guys. Love Let's go. Lists. All right, I love. We got to run through this. Let's go to the news. Because you, you can't be wrong. Each of you, you know? one. Go. Okay. You have one, then? No, you go first. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, oh, man, I have so many. I don't know which one I want to say. Uh, 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 okay, so Magic Johnson tweeted that he thinks that LeBron will be the league's MVP next season. Yeah. That's that's coming off of Anthony Davis saying that uh, LeBron has never had a teammate like me before. But at the same time, Giannis said uh, at a Bucks rally, please don't call me MVP until I win it again next year. So who is going to win MVP next year? Ooh. Lots of action too. Lots of action around the MVP conversation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. All right, so I'm many. gonna give you three names, and this is what who I think, in order, like who I think are the favorites to do it. Mm-hmm. I think LeBron's the favorite to win it. I think LeBron's gonna have an unreal near, year uh, next LeBron's year. LeBron's gonna have a different year. He's not gonna very have have a very typical LeBron year, like no. the 27, seven and seven. No. I think he'll have like maybe 18, and then like 10 and nine, or 18 like. Twen, like 12 and 8 or something like that. Yeah. You know, he actually never got a 27, 7 and 7. I saw that this morning. Oh, that's, no, that's, that's his average. That's interesting. Never finished again, 27, 7 and 7. So, Wild. LeBron's my one. I'm going to say Giannis is two. 
My third is Nikola Jokic. Okay. I like Nikola Jokic. I think is the next wave of what you're gonna see in the NBA. Passing three-point shooting centers. That's what you're gonna see. I have Jokic could average 28, 14, and seven. Uh-huh. Like Nikola Jokic is gonna have a monster year next year. Monster. I say LeBron, Giannis, and ready? Wild card, Kyrie. I I brought up Kyrie too. I think Kyrie's gonna have a really nice year in Brooklyn too. I, I think he's gonna have a phenomenal what are, year. What do you guys? What's your list for this? What is this? Top three? What? Who's gonna win? Who's gonna win MVP? MVP candidate. Oh, MVP candidate. MVP. Yeah, I'll put I'd put Giannis first. I think he's gonna win MVP. Again. Ooh, ooh, I have a fourth. Uh, Steph Curry. Yeah, I had Curry at number one actually. Who was the last player to win back to back MVPs? Who was the last player to win back to back MVPs? LeBron. In 2010-2011? No, I don't think so. I mean, not 2010-2011. Was it 12 and 13? I don't think so. The last player to win back-to-back MVPs. Not Durant, right? Went back-to-back finals MVPs. Back-to-back finals MVPs. Back-to-back league MVPs. It was Tim Duncan. Oh, it was Timmy Duncan. Oh, what? What? 13-14? Hang on. Wait a minute. No, it was Steph Curry. It was Steph. Oh. It was Steph Curry. And then before that, it was Tim Duncan. Okay. Steph was what, 15, 15, 15 16? and 16. 15, Steph 16. won it back-to-back. Mm. LeBron actually did do it back-to-back. 2009, 2009, 2009, 2010. Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, he so did, LeBron did do it. He actually did it back-to-back twice. Yeah, 2008, and then, 2008, 2009 with the, Cav, with, the, with the Cavs, twice with the Cavs, twice with the Heat. And then in Miami, yeah, and then Miami. Yeah, I, I know I wasn't crazy. Wow. And right. then Steve, of course, right, Steve Nash did it back-to-back too with the Phoenix Suns. And then right. Tim Duncan. Vinny, what do you got, bud? Um, I actually don't have anything because I don't have any Wi-Fi. But nice. I could talk to you about something that makes me happy. The New York Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to torture you again. We're just going to go. Hold on, no, just, you know, Mike, Mike's here. Mike Rifkin's here. Are you no, a Rangers fan? Big Rangers I am. fan. I know you're a Rangers fan. I wish you guys were here earlier. I'm going to act like I didn't do news on them before. I'm just going to do it again. Okay. All right, guys. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm gonna take the exit. Vin has friends. <laughs> Alright. How excited are we for this next season? Not at all. Very <laughs> excited. <laughs> listen, listen. There has to be one competitive team at the guard. Ooh. You're right. There, there, there does, does have to be. Yeah. And, and, right. yeah. The New York Liberty is are gonna be that team. They don't even play there anymore. Did you see that? I was gonna say New there has York to I was gonna say they don't play in MSG. No. Well, they probably can't sell it out. That's probably why. They can't yeah, they sell out the first row. Are you kidding? Have you seen the pictures of what it looks like no, when they play it's, there? It's Dude, crazy. it's sad. It's crazy. I'm gonna touch it's on that tomorrow. Tw- that whole about, pay discrepancy yeah. thing. Oh my god. That's, that's a about, great topic. That's lead a great story topic. tomorrow. That's gonna be something. I don't know if you guys saw, but for literally the first time since I've been a Ranger fan, ESPN. Uh, graded the Rangers with an A in something, finally, for the first time ever. So, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm just... ESPN doesn't really have a hockey department, yeah, right, right. so... But every other year, they've been graded yeah. below a D, so I'm very happy. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. But I, I was going to say the... Um, uh, we James... already know who my favorite NHL player is. Who is Who is that? Barry Melrose. Oh, Jesus oh. Christ. Yesterday was his birthday. Was it really yeah. the most interesting man in sports media? I, I'll give you that. Definitely the most interesting man in sports media. 
We're just going to end the show right there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's the news. Big J journalist, Vinny Muto, Matt Catarizzolo. All right. Uh, we got to go. Matt, Vinny, Evan, I'm Mike Guido. This is the Haystack in the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Chalk Talk next. We'll see you. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.